perceiving creativity as a ageless subject is really important. What's happening humans? Welcome to the Blabberry with me Sai Sandesh Markham. I hope you all are having an amazing day and an amazing week so far. Today's guest on the podcast is Akil Kodamanchili. Akil is a music composer and instrumentalist, a guitarist, a media artist and also has made a very profound name for himself in the Indian music industry. In this episode Akil and I have a very deep conversation about music. He talks about his entire journey right from purchasing a guitar with his own money to doing whatever he's doing right now and doing it so well. Akil has two projects going on right now. One of them called as The Sounds Within where he does commissioned work and the other one called as No Hero where he performs and makes his own music. If you play in a band or if you are a solo artist or if you are anyway related to the Indian music industry you will thoroughly enjoy this episode because Akil talks about so passionately about his entire journey and music and he has some great deep insights to give you guys. So before we get into it if you like this podcast please do take a screenshot and put it up on Instagram stories and tag me. My handle is Sai Sandesh Markham and that will help me get discovered by your friends. So let's get into it. This is Akil Kodamanchili. Here we go. Hi Sai. Hey man, welcome to the Blabberry. Thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure dude, it's my pleasure. So uh just for the listeners sake I have never met you and I've never spoken to you before this have I this is true <laughs> that's awesome so I've learned a lot about you uh, in the recent couple of days and uh, I can say that you know whatever that you're doing is, is amazing I mean the music that you produce and uh, the company that you have and everything so I let's let's just begin by the most uh, interesting question that I wanted to ask you how young did you start being fascinated by music because whatever that you're doing right now it's not just composing you're doing so much more we'll get to that but how young did you start getting fascinated by music first of all thank you so much for making the effort to uh, look into my work that means a lot <laughs> to me and sure. it's people like you who push people like me forward that really uh, gets me mileage and gets people like me um, platforms that mm-hmm. really let us grow i love that thank you man how young was i i think um quick funny story i suppose yeah way back when uh, phone internet was really uh mm-hmm. gprs only or i think cdma was the word i don't remember but um I played a game on my mother's phone and I happened to win 1000 rupees and okay I never thought I would but it just so happened and I thought okay this is a scam it's not going to really uh show up I'm not really going to get this money but lo and behold in a couple of weeks I got a check and uh, everybody at home was kind of surprised and nice I didn't know what to do with it and my dad who I who used to own a guitar at one point in his life and I used to ask him sometimes like hey where's that guitar I want to try it out just just like childish curiosity not not like I really wanted to play it or anything 
uh-huh. uh, I guess that kind of stuck with him that he never gave me that guitar. And uh, he said, you know what? Why don't we go get you a guitar with this money? And I said, okay, let's do that. And nice. that's where it started. But okay. before that, uh-huh. around seventh grade, this, this happened maybe in like ninth. Uh-huh. And when I was in seventh grade, I was introduced to this one band that I became incredibly obsessed with. And so much so that uh, at that point, considering there was no high-speed internet, and it was really difficult for me to express my fandom for them. Right. I, I would go up, go on the internet and download every text file that I could of theirs, which included uh, mm-hmm. drum tabulature, guitar tabulature, whatever. Mm-hmm. All all their biographies, any news articles, and this band was Linkin Park. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> so when I had when the guitar came home, mm-hmm. my I had only two agendas. Right. One was to make my own music. Okay. And to play Linkin Park songs. These were the only two things that I really wanted to achieve. Right. And I didn't understand that there was such a thing as tuning. I didn't really know. Uh, what really had to happen. So Mm -hmm. I came up with my own theory that uh, you arbitrarily set up the tension of the strings based Mm -hmm. on your inherent genius. And Mm -hmm. if if you're lucky, you place your fingers in these magical positions. And when you (laughs) strum it, you make original music. That's how I thought at age 14 that original music was created okay okay the the guitar pretty quickly found itself sitting in a corner Uh (laughs) but uh along that year in school Uh um, i my school happened to have a pretty active music scene and i didn't quite know about it right uh, uh, firsthand i just knew that it was there right so now that i had a guitar i guess i was more perceptive of this uh, aspect and I noticed this one senior guy wearing pants I hadn't graduated to wearing pants yet okay uh, uh, with a guitar and uh, I ran up to him and I said hey man you know how to play guitar I want to learn and he said uh, do you have a guitar like what how, how does this work uh-huh I said yeah I actually have a guitar and it's just sitting there and I would like to learn wow so I ran back home and I told my dad like Listen, I'm taking my guitar to school. Uh-huh. And I think that was a big red flag for him. And he said, <laughs> absolutely not. You're not doing that. <laughs> Since I wasn't allowed to take the guitar, uh-huh. I would call this guy on the phone. And okay. he would try and help me tune my guitar and explain how to read tabulature. Oh, okay. On call. On call. Okay. And, and once he gave me those couple of critical pieces of information, I uh-huh. proceeded to learn all my favorite riffs. Uh-huh. And I made a few new friends through this, and out of nowhere, I was there was this onslaught of uh, <laughs> um, music. Like there was Iron Maiden, there was all the punk rock stuff. I mean, not not the real punk rock right. of the seventies, but right. the more uh, bubblegum punk punk rock of mm-hmm. the nineties, two thousands. And I just enjoyed all of it, and I was like, okay, I need to do this also. I need to do that also. Mm-hmm. Um, I was starting to understand that there's such a thing called the electric guitar, which is what you need to get distortion. I didn't right. know that distortion could not be achieved on an acoustic guitar. Okay. Okay. Uh, those were like the really 
um, first baby steps of music for me. Right, right. And because I, 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 my uh -huh. school had a, a little culture of uh, performances mm -hmm. um, in school, I would uh, I found myself on stage mm -hmm. pretty much immediately. Like okay, I, I okay. barely play anything, but I was uh -huh. thrown on stage, and they're like, "Okay, uh, knocking on <laughs> heaven's door. You need to know six <laughs> notes as a bass guitar player." Right. Yes. And I went and yes. did it. Yes. So it was it was quick. Like so some things moved very fast at that time, and it was really crucial. I'd say looking back, um, mm -hmm. I haven't thought about this in a while, but yeah, it was very critical in um, mm -hmm. giving me the momentum to keep moving forward. To actually listen to the story that you did not start very young. You started yeah. somewhere in fourteen, fifteen, and still you were very clueless back then. Like uh, you know, at least at least few of us knew what were chords and everything, and you had no clue. Nothing. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it all comes down to learning that bit, right? Like, what, what, did you find your passion immediately after you started playing the guitar? Like, this is what I'm going to do. No, no, absolutely not. I okay. I, I just wanted to, uh, like, it was very social for me. Like, music was about breaking my immediate mold, like uh, from. Mm -hmm being the introverted quiet kid growing up to mm -hmm. suddenly making friends outside my classroom and um attend like meeting new people like that that's what it was for me for at least like three years um, mm -hmm. like up until i got to college mm. i think that's where the next big um crescendo happened by mm -hmm. this point i realized that I needed to record myself somehow, and right. um, I started writing some music. I had I, I played in a metal band called Script. Nice. And they at, back then there was this competition called Campus Rock Idols. I wonder if you remember. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so we that was one of the you know big stages to play in Hyderabad, and yeah, uh, I my uh, Script was gung-ho about it we went on and we managed to win the hyderabad leg nice okay then we got to play manipal which was in i think in retrospect still the biggest show i've ever played like two thousand plus people my uh, god and i was just like hitting puberty it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god this is crazy i'm i really enjoyed myself but uh -huh. um it it Got to a point where my academics were affected. Okay. I mean, not really because of that, but obviously society will um, attribute it to that. So Absolutely. I was, I was pushed out of that scene and I stopped playing with the band. Wow, okay. And um, it was cool. I, I still so, played. So did you continue the competition after the after winning the Hyderabad leg? Or, or we did, did play. The ne we played the next round in Manipal, which okay. was, I think, the national level. Um, right. All the all the bands from I think it was the South Zone finals or something. Okay, I, I okay, can't quite remember. Okay, and we didn't get to the final round. Uh huh. Okay, and um, so at that point I stopped and I started trying to record myself using mm -hmm. whatever uh, little ways I could figure with my computer at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got into college in the states. Right. So when I went there, 
I started to realize mm-hmm. that even though I had an aptitude for the sciences, it, mm-hmm. I had no interest in it. So mm-hmm. I was able to uh, jugard my way <laughs> through certain examinations. But if you were to really look at it from a successful career point of view, mm-hmm. it was pretty blatantly obvious to me that I was a misfit. <laughs> and which uh, university was this and where was this? This was the University of Illinois in oh, okay. Urbana-Champaign. It was in like in a suburb, right? A little town south of Chicago. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. did you immediately start uh, showcasing your talent there? Not, not, in, not really publicly. I uh-huh. did. I did, in fact, uh, uh, find a second-hand seven-string guitar over there, nice. uh, which. Uh, I bought from this super hyper, like extremely death metal band uh-huh. called Corsid, okay. uh, who I went and auditioned for. And they said they'd have me, but I really didn't understand how to get along with those people. <laughs> okay. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy this guitar and I'll see you guys around. And, th- <laughs> and, th- and they sold me this guitar in two or three pieces. Like it, they just weren't using it. And okay. it, I still, it's still my main guitar. I still use it today. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. um, So that was it. Like I didn't really have any real musical progress there, but I did understand that I couldn't continue in Mm. the, in the sciences. So I I told my parents that I would rather be a psychologist, which was unacceptable. Mm -hmm. So I came back to India uh, Mm -hmm. to to figure things out. And when Mm -hmm. I came back to India was when I, uh, found a whole new bunch of people. This time they were all much older than me. Um, and they also had gone through different outfits and different bands in Hyderabad by this point. Right. And they were looking to do something new. Okay. And I just showed up and I said, okay, well, I have all these different ideas. I couldn't say that they're homogenous. Like one of them is a bit funky. One of them's kind of metal. One of them's a bit poppy. Mm-hmm. Um, would, how would you guys want to work on this? And uh, especially the drummer and me had a great rapper and mm-hmm. the, he brought, I mean, the others came with him and um, they were just on board. They're like, yeah, this is great. We don't need to write all our songs uh, mm-hmm. in the same style. We can do whatever we want. Let's just, right. let's come together and make something. And that was a really important one year in my life not i wouldn't even say a year it was like four months mm-hmm. which felt like a year where we just wrote and hung out and jammed it was great and somewhere along wow. this line my family realized that this is probably what i'm going to do for the rest of my life <laughs> nice okay so uh, my no, uh what is the group called almost september Almost September. Nice. There's there's okay. a record there's a record out uh, on Reverb Nation from oh okay like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, Reverb Nation was pretty huge back then. I don't know if it still is, but you know, Reverb Nation was like the place to be if you were an artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we tried to <laughs> be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So what happened after that? So is almost September still functional? I still no, no, not at all. No, okay. No, no, no. Like so, we uh, we we formed. We started playing a bunch of competitions. We were mm-hmm. winning. We were making little bits of money here and there. Things were and and we were pretty much strictly original. We whatever covers we did were mm-hmm. because we like doing them and not so much to entertain anybody. Mm-hmm. And. Um, it was going great and suddenly my family realized how much i was invested in all of this and they mm-hmm. figured you know what if you're if you're doing music you do it properly mm-hmm. why don't you go to berkeley nice and i said yeah sounds great but i have no formal training and it's mm-hmm. not like i can just uh, give them a call and say yo i'm coming absolutely right? yeah yeah and uh, also it was too late for me to apply because the process to get into music schools or any art schools typically is longer than other programs because there's mm-hmm. an audition and there's yes. an interview and yes. a portfolio and all of these things. Right. So I ended up finding this tiny little college in Canada called Selkirk College. Okay. Which did a two-year plus two-year program exchange with uh, Berkeley. Okay. So I said, you know what? Okay, let's do this. I'll, mm. I'll go. I'll go to Canada for two years, mm-hmm. do my foundation years there, and then switch over to Berkeley for the remaining two, and it'll mm-hmm. be that. However, mm. I was too late to apply for that. Also, oh shit. Okay, but my family was not ready to let me just stay in Hyderabad. So I was like, okay, fine. Uh, I'll go do something else then. <laughs> okay for a year and then I'll switch into music. Okay. So I went away to Canada for a year uh-huh. where I, uh, I just did random courses, uh-huh. studied uh, some philosophy classes, some uh-huh. study classes, some uh-huh. uh, business administration. It was just all over the place. But <laughs> it, it, I think that was also important in my journey because I mm. started to um, be inspired by a lot of things. It stopped mm. being just about uh, playing cool music. It was right. also about talking about something interesting and uh, right. finding finding subject matter that resonated with me for some good reason or the other. Nice. Okay. And wow. around this time, I was also uh, very invested in virtuosity. I was mm-hmm. uh, listening to guys like Ingwe Malmsteen, Paul mm. Gilbert. Mm. Um, can't remember some of the names right now, but right, right. these two guys for sure were pretty important. And I, I was trying to shred. And mm-hmm. my mental capacity to think of that kind of music mm-hmm. and my physical ability to play that kind of music Mm-hmm. Were severely mismatched, and I figured, okay. okay, when I when I go to music school, I'll I'll figure this yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Then I came back for my break from after that first year. I uh-huh. rejoined almost September. They okay. had uh, found another guitar player in my uh, to replace me while I was gone. Right. And when I came back, it just became a five piece, and we had two guitar players, and it was right. great. We just had more influences and. We all still got along this great. The dynamic mm-hmm. was fun. And uh, I think everybody kind of suddenly had their lives um, hit critical mm-hmm. moments. And everyone was like, okay, we're, we're going to move out of the city soon. Okay. What do we do with all this music that we've uh, yeah. worked on? Yeah. And 
I said, okay, you know what? We just, uh, I think there was like an Apple store that was launching in right. Hyderabad and we were invited to play the inauguration and they were giving us like 30,000 bucks. Wow. Okay. So I was like, okay, we've made this money. Can we put this into studio time and just go record everything? Mm. Mm. So that was enough money to just get studio time uh-huh. in this really Tollywood, small time <laughs> Tollywood studio. Where, okay. Uh, we had to take our own drum kit. There weren't exactly drum mics. They were just mics that we put on a drum kit. Okay. Uh, we didn't really have... Uh, a plan of how uh-huh. we were going to track the music and the music right. was quite all over the place. There were tempo shifts, there were key changes, there were yeah. all these complicated techniques that we didn't really think about as yeah. complicated. They were just things that we we thought were cool and we had to do it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know how to really execute it. So somehow just by hook or crook, we spent a month and uh, we recorded it. We just had mm-hmm. all these raw tracks and then everybody left. Oh. So, and then I went back to Canada, Canada. for my mm-hmm. first year in music school and they said, okay, here's the, here's the computer lab where all our computers have pro mm-hmm. tools mm-hmm. and these are all your classrooms and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, right. cool. That's great. I'll see you guys around. I went, sat down mm-hmm. in the computer lab and I plugged my hard disk in and I started trying to mix that mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. So if you go listen to that album, it mm-hmm. is literally me figuring things out Oh, uh, for the first time on my own with Pro Tools. I, just, I was like, okay, let's do presets. Like if this is a guitar that needs to sound like this. What are the presets I can find? What are the problems oh. I kind of need? Uh-huh. And somehow I just put it together. It wasn't great. There were a lot of issues, but... It, it it was what it was at that point, you know. We couldn't really do much more. Absolutely. And, and where is this album right now? It's on Reverb Nation. It's or on you Reverb can Nation. or you can find it uh, if you scroll far down enough on the Sounds Within website. Ah, okay, okay, okay. That's that's great. So, so you just mixed the entire album in Canada and you just released it. And uh, what was the response like? Like. I, we we were too burnt out to really push it. We just uh-huh, put it yeah. out. Yeah, um, yeah. It really wasn't. Uh, it wasn't important to us how it was received. You know, absolutely. It, it, yeah. it, it eventually became a vanity project. Correct. Because we were like, okay, we made all this music. We don't want to forget it because you know it's of very course. easy to forget these sort of things. And it's there. It's it's more of a time capsule for me. I think. Uh, I I'm just happy it's there for me to go yeah. back to once in a while. Yeah, yeah. And a few months ago, I, I was at the drummer's wedding. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, hey, man, do you happen to have the stems <laughs> of those uh, recordings? And he's the only one who has them. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I do. And he just sent them to me like a few weeks ago. So oh, I've, wow. I've, I've been uh, looking for a little window to try right. and open them up and see if I, if I have the patience to rework uh-huh. some of that music. That's crazy. Oh, what year was this when uh, this was released on Reverb Nation? 2009, I think. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's intense. So that's like 10 years old. And yes. right now, wow, that, that, that would be some, some sound right now. I, I can just like hear it in my head. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. See, uh, you, you just spoke about the sound within, right? Yeah. Like that is, I think, 
one of the coolest sites that I've ever visited in a long time. Oh man, thank you. Yeah, uh, can you please tell what exactly is the sound with it? So after music school, I had this agenda that I wanted to be a music educator, a mm-hmm. musician, mm-hmm. a producer. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a record label. I was also kind of always interested in visual arts, so I figured mm-hmm. I wanted to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, I wanted to do or be able to do everything myself. Okay. Ah, uh, so I thought, okay, I'm going to call myself something really cool and intense, <laughs> and uh, that will be the one uh, moniker that I use to do everything. Okay. I, I, I didn't understand branding. I didn't understand. Um, what it meant to mm. compartmentalize these things. So Correct. I called myself framing the question, and, and I thought this is it. This is go- this is what's going to click. People will all get it, and it will be damn cool. Right. So I tried that for I think at least a year or two, mm-hmm. uh, and by this point I was like, yeah, I must have a website. I must have this. I should mm-hmm. do all these things. Yeah. But it really wasn't working out. I even played, I think, uh, a few wedding shows at that point. <laughs> okay. Um, I did all sorts of things that I would rather nobody investigates. Right. Not that there's evidence of all of it, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tough, you know, like just yeah. steps along the way. And eventually I moved to Bangalore in okay. 2014 or 13, something, oh. sometime around then. Nice. And when I moved there, I finally had matured enough to realize that it's not going to be possible for me to do everything as this one entity. Okay. So I split my identity into the sounds within, which mm-hmm. uh, represents all the work that I would like to do with other people and okay. for other people, in, okay. uh, almost as a service provider. Okay. And no hero which mm-hmm. would be just my creative and artistic pursuits mm-hmm. uh, as another vehicle. Right. So that's where the sounds within began. And it also oh. kind of, I also kind of f- try and look at it like a sort of label mm-hmm. almost or a production house. It's Correct. a bit of both. It's a bit of both. It's a bit it's of a bit production of both, house. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do offer, uh, um, distribution through it mm-hmm. sometimes if, if if it's somebody i know it's e- is easy to work with and i don't nice. have to constantly uh, worry about business but okay. uh, as of now it's mostly i'm running it as a production house where that's that's um, crazy yeah. so you moved to bangalore in 2014-15 and uh, did you move back to hyderabad now yeah it's been about a year and a half okay so why did you move here why did you move back I moved there because I really just needed to expand my horizons. Okay. And I had a few friends in the scene over there uh, who I looked up to and who I had a connection with who were willing to help me move forward. Right. And I moved back here now because my, I had some family issues that I had to responsibilities that. Um, mm, I understand. I understand. And, and was it then uh, you met Lobomir? By the way, Lobomir is the person who actually connected me to you. So yeah. kudos to him. The guy oh, yes. is a legend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the time you met Lobomir. I remember meeting him probably within the first year. Yeah, okay. of my uh, moving. Um, mm-hmm. 
we have a bunch of common friends um, mm-hmm. uh, from that same year. In fact, I think in the first year of me moving to Bangalore, I met almost everybody who I ended up working with in in many different capacities. So I was nice. teaching. I was teaching at Tacademy for a while, and okay. through Tacademy, I developed a relationship with Bruce Lee Money and uh, right. Rajiv and. I was teaching at a school on the on the institute's behalf called Inventure Academy, where wow, um, I that was where actually I had probably the peak of my music education career right. thus far. Right. I I had the opportunity and the pleasure of managing the curriculum for the most part. Mm. So I I I took a hard stance that you know what we're going to focus on creating original content rather than uh, just learning popular songs and making progress that way. And the school being very open-minded, they they let me do this. And Mm. um, I found a bunch of incredibly talented kids um, Mm. who put their heart and soul into writing Mm. a bunch of music for a school play. Mm Mm-hmm. And by the time that school play was done, I kind of burnt out because I was trying to be an artist myself. Correct. Plus all of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I decided, okay, let me step away from this. Let me figure out this music education thing again later in life. Okay. And and switch gears to being just an artist. Right. I think this Correct. was... I think this was 2015. So I, I guess 2013 was when I moved to okay. Bangalore. And 2015, okay. I stop teaching right at least in that way right and once i stopped i i worked on my first album uh, no heroes Mm -hmm. which which was um, built off a jam like i went to a friend's studio with Mm -hmm. a drummer who uh, there was this band called mode aka okay that i had auditioned for and i was uh, taken in as a guitar player okay and um, the drummer and I reached the studio early one of the days and we just had a great time jamming. So I said, you know what, we're going to do this again and we're going to have all of this multi-tracked and we'll see what happens. Nice. And so that's exactly what we did. Some I don't remember how many days later, but we did uh, a few days later. Mm-hmm. And... I went back home, listened to the recordings, and I thought, you know what? This is an album right here. I just need to uh, remove some parts, add some layers. And uh, I made my first album called Bear Witness. Okay. And it featured a bunch of my friends. And Mm -hmm. I put it out. I managed to get a little bit of press, Rolling Mm -hmm. Stone. Nice. so it was way back when the Indian Music Diaries had just started and they, right. they were just like picking people that yeah, yeah. they found. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that I had to reach out to them. Correct. So it was great. I I, I felt like it was uh, a nice little first step. Correct. And uh, But it was very haphazard. Like it wasn't music that I could perform live. It was just a studio album. Okay. Okay. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Let's right. let's uh, try and move forward. Um, right. Also, Mode AK was progressing. We we mm-hmm. had uh, worked on some music, right? And uh, there was this wonderful rapper who was the frontman of that uh, project, mm-hmm. Asif. 
Asif okay. Akbar. His uh, artist name was Ragged Skull. Okay. Phenomenal energy. Amazing guy. Like the story with him is another. Uh-huh. That's a whole other story. Like I met him. <laughs> The first day that, or the second day that I was in Bangalore, I uh-huh. went to the Humming Tree when even Humming Tree was new. Yeah, yeah. And, and I went there thinking, you know what? I don't need friends. I can just go chill over there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and as soon as I walked up to that terrace, I was just like, oh my god, this is kind of nerve-wracking. I don't know what to do here. So I uh-huh. got a drink. I was just kind of awkwardly standing in a corner, and I noticed this one guy who was just super confident, chilling, uh-huh. walking around by himself. Uh-huh. Uh, damn, that's the guy I want to be like. Hmm. <laughs> and he comes up to me at some point later that uh-huh. evening and we start talking and he, he tells me he's a rapper. And uh-huh. I was also friends with another rapper, Eshan Wali. Um, uh-huh. We'll get to him later. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh man, I also am trying to produce some hip hop and we should work together at some point, maybe give it a jam, blah, blah, blah. It uh-huh. never happened. Like uh-huh. we, we exchanged numbers, I guess, but. It, uh-huh. We never followed up. Uh-huh. Fast forward like two years. Uh-huh. I go in for auditions with Mode K. Right. They say, great, you get, you got the part. We will uh-huh. be doing all these shows. Uh-huh. And uh, our vocalist and everybody else will be joining us shortly. And I was like, okay, nice. cool. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting at the control room in the right. jam room, just noodling. Right. And the door opens and this guy walks. It's <laughs> like, hey, you're that guy. <laughs> like, yeah, you're that guy. Like, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm in this band. I was like, oh, I'm in this band too now. <laughs> so we ended up just finding each other in the same band the next time we met. That's amazing. Great. That's amazing, man. That's so good. Yeah. Um, so we've spoken about what you do and the kind of music that you've produced and that you've been doing. What is the kind of music that you play or produce personally? Hmm. So... Uh, I've, uh, like I was saying earlier about um, that one year where I, uh, just before music school, I started being influenced by a lot of things that were outside the realm of music. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that that really shaped a lot of the content matter and uh, the motivation and the inspiration for it. Mm-hmm. But sonically, in just stylistically speaking, also, I arrived at this almost compulsive, headstrong uh, attitude that I must not ever uh, stick to one style of music because I felt mm-hmm. like I identified with so many different artists in so many different ways, then I would like to uh, be able to express myself in as many different uh, styles and capacities as I could. Mm-hmm. And uh, along the way, one of the easiest solutions I found was to work with other people. So mm. I've uh, worked with uh, a rapper called Ashan Bali, and we did um, Ashan Bali and another Hindi rapper called Ala Moksh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did a four song bilingual hip hop album, uh, I think nice. in 2016 or. 2017 approximately okay uh, and uh, sometime before that i also went on a bit of a prog rock trip and mm-hmm. and in conjunction with writing those songs i ended up making acoustic versions of them as well mm. it it uh, lent itself to uh, 
humoring my more unplugged folksy side of uh, uh-huh. sensibilities so i think right now and, and uh, there's a producer called mr bill uh-huh. who um, became a huge influence for a couple of years mr uh-huh. bill bt edit and um, also tying back to linkin park because their career and their uh, catalog of music was uh-huh. extremely influential in uh, my understanding of music that each Absolutely. each uh, creative cycle you have this opportunity to reinvent yourself and mm. um, be representative of all the things that you resonate with and you don't necessarily always have to uh, adhere to what worked once necessarily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, it it's taken me some places like right now i i i feel like i'm sort of in the middle of um a really acoustic fingerstyle percussive guitar journey mm. as well as an extremely electronic journey as well as uh distorted guitars and aggressive music mm-hmm. and probably also cinematic music nice. textural more uh evocative stuff that you aren't necessarily fed a very specific uh mm-hmm. thought but you're given this opportunity to create your own uh experience and imagine your own way through this uh, journey nice so you say you don't want to stick to a particular genre because you don't want to or is it that you want to just do everything like you want to have a bit of a magic in everything i think it's the latter yeah like it's not yeah. so compulsive like i'm okay uh, with sticking to something for a while it's just that i don't ever want to uh, forget the fact that exploration is the basis of uh, my uh, journey you know like the mm. more i explore the more mm. um my voice develops and mm. more, even like i maybe who knows in like 10 years i might mm. um find that there is a certain way that i make music that is me and that's just what i'm comfortable with and i mm. i can do all the things that make me an artist within that bandwidth but mm. i don't think i can arrive at that without obsessively uh, exploring right now right yeah 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 that's yeah. that's intense man there's another quick point i wanted to share um mm. while i was in music school i was mm. majoring in composition mm. and it heavily spoke about creating a motif and fleshing it out and creating Uh, a story out of it with notes and rhythms and harmony and melodies and mm-hmm. once i got out of music school i realized that there is this uh whole other world of improvisation mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. uh though i don't really come from a very jazz centric repertoire growing up mm-hmm. i was around so many of uh, these people who were much more fluent in that style than me that mm-hmm. i that for me to enjoy those abilities i had to kind of borrow just the core essentials that i could mm-hmm. identify from a distance 
and mm -hmm. apply them to my own sensibilities. And I found myself doing a lot of uh, improved, uh, improvised mm -hmm. music. Like even like I said, my first album was based on an yeah, improvised yeah. jam. It was yeah, me, yeah. a looper, and a drummer. Yeah, yeah. And I had done another album, which like really, really lo-fi album uh, with a project that I call Lemon Tea because I really like mm -hmm. Lemon Tea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, okay. And uh, last year, while I was not active with No Hero, I needed some way to still be on stage and mm -hmm. uh, keep that momentum going. I formed mm -hmm. a, a band with a couple of friends in Hyderabad called The Real Guys. Okay. We, we wanted to kind of make it a parody band on some level, mm -hmm. but it, 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 <laughs> it wasn't, we weren't as uh, uh, funny guys as we thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd go on stage and we knew kind of what sounds we'd work with. I, 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 I have a, I have the gear acquisition syndrome, if you've heard uh -huh. of that. Uh, no. So popularly known as gas. Okay. And I am constantly looking for interesting pedals that would make oh. my guitar or my musical journey sound like new things. So okay. um, I constantly try to make my guitar sound less like a guitar, but I still play it like a guitar. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, with this band, I get to just go on stage and try things out, like make this huge reverby soundscape and then from there go into making my guitar sound like a flute mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or 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 release like a synth mm -hmm. so it's it's quite a, a trip to just be in front of people and create mm -hmm. on the spot and i feel like it's the bedrock of composition for me as well that's crazy what do you feel like the support for the independent artists is right now, currently? Like before all of those, all of that was happening. Now I think it's subdued a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it comes in waves. I mm -hmm. think it's also um, to really talk about this um, educatedly. I think we'd need to talk to somebody who's to, who looks at it from economics and business mm. standpoint mm. of view. Mm. So I, I, my understanding of it is that we're very young in mm. this sort of a culture and it's, um, it's going to grow. It's mm -hmm. going to, it's going to take some twists and turns. There will invariably be some, um, comical, mm -hmm. uh, moments like, and when I say comical, I mean, it's really a tragedy, but like you see Andreas <laughs> shut down, you see yeah. Yeah. Lisa is shut down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there there have been various internet properties also that have come and gone that yes, have yes. made a splash and then you just don't hear about it anymore. Absolutely. Um and it it's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. I've be, I've be, I've become much more of an optimist. Mm -hmm. So you're catching me at a point where I have uh mostly good things to say. Amazing. That's that's <laughs> that's really good to know, you know, because at least you've got you've got everything sorted out now, and I hope it stays because yeah. I'm sure the good music always comes from positive angles. Oh um, yeah, the content it, the content mm -hmm. can come from all shapes and sizes, and absolutely all different corners of uh, the human psyche. But the mm -hmm. the the culture 
Mm. I think really it needs to come from a, a place of positivity. I Absolutely. Think where it's really about people like you or um, Mariam who has made in India or mm. uh, heck even Rolling Stone. I mean, mm. once in a while they do share a cringy international mm. post that is not relevant at <laughs> all to indie culture. But mm-hmm. you know, everybody's got to make the mm-hmm. uh, compromises here and there, mm-hmm. and eventually it will go somewhere. Yeah. Where I don't know. And mm. I think a lot more acts these days are. Um, much more strategic in their approach to right from creating the music to yes, yes. getting it to their listeners. I think people are mm. doing a much better job. That's true. Well, yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say the support system is great for sure. It's tough. <laughs> like even, even right now for yeah. me, yeah. Uh, I, I'm very privileged and lucky that uh-huh. I can direct message some of the best music journalists in Amazing. the the country and say, here's some of my music. Nice. And at least half the time, they'll put it out there. Yeah, and yeah. In, yeah. S- in some capacity, you know, like it, it can be a, an obscure playlist on mm-hmm. uh, on a uh, lifestyle blog that nobody's mm. ever going to listen to my music, <laughs> but still, mm-hmm. it's something. It's something, yeah. It's yeah. something. It's absolutely and, something. And uh, what do you think? How how do you think the time has changed from when you started and now? Like, how do you think? Is there like a, something major that you've seen in terms of music production or bands? Or it's culture? just technology. It's technology. Uh, I mm-hmm. think uh, the people are still catching up with the technology. And I mm-hmm. don't think that's really going to change for a while because mm-hmm. um, we've reached, I think, a threshold where... Uh, the human ability is kind of outclassed by what the technology can do. Like right. it, it is really easy for me to like, especially when I have my commercial projects, mm-hmm. it's so much easier right now for me to spend one day mm-hmm. and make a fully produced composed track. Amazing as opposed to even like five years ago where I would have probably had to do a lot more hard work to uh, achieve the same degree of uh, expression. Uh, That's really good. So do do you think that actually opens up uh, opportunities for a lot more people now? In almost a potentially negative way? Yeah, for sure. Like (laughs) I think right now there are people out there in the world who are making an album a day on their phones. You know, yeah, like yeah. It, it's it, and that's where the next mm. level of uh, curation and when I mm. say curation, I don't mean like professionally. Mm. I just mean on a natural selection level, the the mm-hmm. kind of curation will change. So people mm. will start expecting more from the music because yeah. just a clean production and a nice groove is not going to cut it after a point because anybody can do that. Absolutely, that's so true. Uh, do you do have you uh, ever wondered if your style of music you used to produce back then you're going to lose that to technology because like right now you can do everything on technology you can just press a button and there's a chord right there so yeah. do you think do you feel that you know the kind of production that you used to do you're going to lose it I think I've technically already lost it. Oh. Uh, it's but but I don't really look at it as a bad thing because right, I, right. I had the privilege of going through that. So yes, yes, I still true. keep I still keep my organic 
abilities to mm. write a chord progression on my own mm. Mm. playing all the num- all the notes that are in the chord i play and i can mm. choose how to emote with that mm. when i want to when i'm when i have the patience when i'm so inspired in that way to do that i'll do mm. it mm. but once in a while you know i i might be uh having a bit of a creative block perhaps or mm. um just looking for a quick fix i just want to make something that sounds great mm. and i have a vision for it but i don't really want have the patience to uh, realize it right the old school way right i'm so privileged and lucky that i can just open my software know mm. which plugins to put in there and mm. i can just press like you said one key and the chord yeah. is there i like it like i think uh, <laughs> i think it's now up to the newer generation to be wary of that and mm-hmm. yeah n- not forget that you know you can do all of that without technology how much has internet played a role like comparatively i think 2009 there was nothing there was absolutely nothing mm-hmm. uh, there were a few facebook groups here and there people used to connect those, and those orkut back then yeah. oh yeah <laughs> orkut yeah there were orkut groups and i myself i i know because i used to uh, i used to play in uh, as a vocalist in a band and that's when i met lobomer he was my senior in college back then wow yeah and then i got kicked out of the college and then he stayed and <laughs> <laughs> and so that time you know the, the, the thing was still high back then but so that's when you used to go to orkut or facebook and try to find like minded people and send yeah. them messages and all these things but now you don't need so much help all that you need is social media So yeah. I can just play something and put it up on social media and that will give me the boost like you know how do you feel that has changed the in Indian music scene um it's uh, I wouldn't say I'm very social media successful really okay I think uh I think I've kind of been on the slow lane of that okay uh thing but I've watched my peers uh, mm-hmm. from the sidelines and it's not as viral as the the more international examples ah i don't really i can't like think off the top of my head of Correct. any any artists who i mm. actively hang out with right now who mm. had like uh uh stardom hit them with Correct. Um, uh, social media but i'm Correct. sure there are and I'm, i'm sure there are like yeah yeah it it, it i don't think it's a, it, i don't think it's a singular factor i don't think uh social media has made it uh, that much easier it definitely mm-hmm. is a new tool it's definitely evolving very rapidly mm-hmm. i think uh, now again this this concept of saturation keeps yeah. coming and going so once you start seeing all these mm-hmm. instagram guitar players just <laughs> killing it mm-hmm. you eventually get satiated with it and mm-hmm. uh, the audience will start looking for something absolutely else. absolutely so it depends like if your intention is to use it as a tool to get famous it's definitely mm-hmm. capable it's definitely got the potential mm-hmm. um, however it's not necessarily that simply by being on social media mm. uh, you are not going to necessarily uh, become a success yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The reason why I asked you that is because um there are a lot of younger people now who are uh, gifted with 
talents right at the age of 13 and 14 and now mm-hmm. kid what would be your advice because you're the person who's come from the uh, non internet era so yeah. what would be your advice to people like them right now if anybody would ask you so i have a, a bunch of students uh, from my teaching career who connected with me after that Mm-hmm. uh who've taken some of my teachings and applied it in a very successful manner there's this band called Kyojin mm-hmm. in Bangalore mm-hmm. they're all like 18 now i think they just turned 18 and mm-hmm. they're they are two records and two singles old like they've already wow. made a reasonable amount of uh content and wow and they come from a a very internet generation you know mm-hmm. like like they jumped way ahead of me in the time that i've known them and nice. they started at making the the account mm-hmm. l- learning to write music and create it mm-hmm. finished an album put it wow. out did their marketing their their mm-hmm. uh, bit of social media mm-hmm. um connections and mm-hmm. they've moved along they they are doing pretty well Nice. and uh i'd say it's hard for me to really give them advice to move forward as uh-huh. much as i would give cautionary advice that right you that they stay aware of where the ground is you know like mm. sure be be at the forefront of your technological advantages mm. but try to always be aware of the fact that your music should be valid even otherwise mm. and i've i've been very lucky with these kids they they can play their music with an acoustic guitar and it still uh, gets me and mm. i've seen many people have a wonderful emotional response in every format that they've performed and i think mm. that's great um i think uh, more electronic musicians mm. it's a little bit trickier Mm. I'm also now quite heavily uh, dependent on electronic mm. sounds mm. and my I, I I always make sure that my acoustic guitar is nearby because sometimes I just need to <laughs> switch all my technology yeah. off and play just the six strings and feel like that's still <laughs> expression you know yeah absolutely I think I think that's amazing man the way you put it is just amazing because your roots are roots you just cannot let them go and um kudos to your students who are doing this and uh, you know congratulations to them all the best yeah. to them at this age uh, i mean all those people who are turning 18 they have a much clearer path right yeah i guess i guess they will also have their own challenges which mm-hmm. might might even seem illogical to people like you and me uh, mm-hmm. who are in the the second end of their second end of their third and beginning of their fourth decade of existence <laughs> i think uh, we may not even understand those problems that they face but mm-hmm. uh, but that's where i also feel perceiving creativity as a ageless subject is really important um, i i try my best that when i'm collaborating with somebody that it's literally their vision and their talents and their discipline and personality that come into play much 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 before their age you know and mm. and the more i've done this uh over the past 4 to 5 years 
the more I've realized that we are on the same journey, on the same boat. We just happen to be slightly differently positioned in perspective. And as long as we're sharing that perspective, mm-hmm. everybody stands to grow uh, exponentially. Oh, wow. That's deep, man. That's really <laughs> good. I like that. I really like that. There you go. Respect this sweet little thing called music. Yeah. And yeah. Um, well, I, I want to ask you this much, much earlier, but I think we kind of like got into the conversation really deep. Uh, you were speaking about your family being so supportive, like kudos to them. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a family say that, like, get the hell out of here and go do your music thing. Oh, it was not so sweet. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I definitely, uh, mm-hmm. what was the word? I made that story uh, cut short. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a lot of uh, lot of friction. We, right. It, it took us many years to reconcile with each other, and mm. I I still occasionally find myself struggling to uh, mm. get on the same page with them. But mm. I think it it it's difficult, you know. Like uh, mm-hmm. I see some of my students' families and uh, the way they are supportive, mm. and. I think, but I, I kind of feel like that's much closer to the ideal than mm. they. Uh, and, but I also think that has a lot to do with economics. Uh, Absolutely. Where, Absolutely. You, where you stand in society, how much mm. of a financial buffer you have. Absolutely. Um, so in my case, I think once I started earning money with mm. my skills, that mm. was when things started settling down and people in my family were a little mm. hands off but up until then there was a whole lot of uh, stressful conversations and silences that mm. uh, i think there's a lot of that trauma that i still hold and i i definitely have a lot of imposter syndrome kick in once in a while mm. and it's like am i really good enough am i really uh, mm. capable mm. can i sustain this i think it's only the last two three years uh, where i've moved beyond just music production and mm. embraced the fact that I just want to be a creative person and it, right. and and gain the confidence that I can monetize different parts of my abilities in different capacities that I mm. uh, that I'm confident enough to have conversations like these with my family or even with my uh, students mm. families or other people uh, yeah. other yeah. peers uh, mm. who are looking to figure out how to make a sustainable career out of this. Uh-huh. So do you say there is a sustainable career out of this? Absolutely. It's just that it's not uh, a formula. It's not ah, a formula. Ah, I love that. I love that. I love that. So what do you think is the most basic thing you need to have to survive and succeed in this? I'd say discipline. I'd say discipline. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. if you're not disciplined with mm. your, um, once you have a clear or you, once you understand that you need to persist and continue to discover yourself and uh, uh, have at least a direction to start with and be okay with moving around. After that, I think the most critical uh, aspect of your personality that will determine your success is discipline. Nice. I think this this adds to any industry and Absolutely. any person. Yeah, yeah. 
it could just be that uh, simple because i think that's what we are lacking and like you said when you speak to your students parents and every everything nowadays even the parents are um very much open to their uh, children being in the non conventional jobs as well like mm-hmm. having a professional ca- uh, career as a singer or a songwriter even a cricketer i mean there mm. are there are there are issues that have happened in india where you know people have been forcing their kids yeah. to be excelling in cricket yeah yeah <laughs> right and and probably that's also because of the age of the internet where internet has shown that we can make you a superstar if you have the skills and talents and i think what what is your take on that like, see that's i think what you're referring to is uh-huh. sort of the fad culture um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. i don't see that any different from um mm-hmm. the stereotypical uh statement of how mm-hmm. every indian family either wants you to be a doctor or a correct uh, engineer of course that there is the financial side of it but correct it's also very much just about how everyone is doing it therefore it must mm-hmm. be good um oh. so mm-hmm. I, but with the creative field it's not typically that i think mm-hmm. um it's really more about there's a lot more insecurities for sure I, absolutely I, i i couldn't comment on the on the athletic uh, yeah, yeah, side of, of things of but course, of course but generally speaking i think uh as an artist of any kind in whatever mm. capacity you are mm. an entrepreneur if you are not embracing and acknowledging this mm. fact Mm-hmm. then it becomes really hard and i had given a, a talk a couple of days ago where i was talk uh, one of the subjects was about uh, growing your abilities as a producer and bringing value to your community mm-hmm. one of the things that i wanted to stress on which i'd like to share here as well is that yes. you must not specialize at this point i think the age of specialization is at least in the creative fields is shifting i think uh, the first obviously you will have your strengths the the things that you have the maximum aptitude for and you obviously sharpen those uh, edges constantly mm-hmm. but it's super super critical to be having at least a few more auxiliary skills and abilities that support your main agenda if you mm. want to be a singer and you don't know how to play an instrument i think mm. that's a huge uh risk to take i think mm. uh, i think it's and especially if you think that that's enough and that you just because you can sing really well or whatever mm. you're you're safe i think that's very very dangerous mm. um to think that way and if you're a guitar player even more so like i think if you're a guitar player you must have something else and uh, across mm. the spectrum irrespective of whether you're a single instrumentalist or whatever mm. Mm. Uh, other skills like basic branding understanding mm. um uh how to ha- uh, create good interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. how to be in front of um a group of people and speak effectively mm-hmm. these are some skills that i think need to be developed across the spectrum and i think if you are missing these 
your artistic career will always grow a little bit slower or you'll find yourself hitting more roadblocks than necessary that's amazing man that's really good they are so important that we always overlook them and hmm. uh, these skills are the most uh, impressive skills to have because irrespective of the talents these are the skills that can actually bring you either business or opportunities or projects or whatever that you may call and yeah. uh, have have these been um, something that you've been always having or did you develop them along the way it was all developed along the way there were mm-hmm. i i i've uh, never i don't have a bachelor's degree but no, i do okay. but i do tell myself that i have a master's degree from the university of hard knocks mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like i've uh, i've played some incredibly awkward shows i have been in front of mm. people and blanked out i've mm. um sunk some great relationships because i just didn't know the value of communication and it was through these experiences that i've learned these things and i think that's why i make it very i make it a point to bring these up at every opportunity that i get mm. Mm. so I, yeah i i i and i don't expect that anybody is going to have all of these or even any of these just like that i think surely some people will but mm. it's irrespective it's mm. about uh improving on these things ultimately ultimately that's that's amazing so which was the most memorable event that you've ever performed at <laughs> um there's a few mm-hmm. but for the sake of uh making this more interesting mm-hmm. um uh there was an open mic that i played at humming tree i mm-hmm. think like four years ago mm-hmm. which i really look back quite fondly i was performing with this one person who i'm not in great i'm not very much in touch with this person anymore mm-hmm. and we hung out earlier that day we didn't even plan on going to the open mic we were just mm-hmm. jamming mm-hmm. and uh um uh, this person brought some lyrics and a melody that was written over a chord progression that i had shared on whatsapp i think uh the night before mhm i was toying with some alternate tuning and i said hey check out this progression i think it's really cool mm-hmm. and the next day these words and melodies came to me and mm-hmm. uh through her, through her and i was like okay cool let's uh let's flesh this out into a little performance mm-hmm. and we did, and i was living pretty close to the humming tree so Mm-hmm. we walked there we signed up and we played that song and that was the only time that song was ever played and it's gone like there's no evidence of that performance or anything but it was a very uh, cinematic moment for me that i when i look back at it wow yeah, i great. almost feel cinematic right <laughs> now you know and like i want to go find that song yeah it, there was no recording no video nothing. recording nothing I just have a very faint memory of the chorus. Uh-huh. Um I can't remember the words exactly, but I think it was uh there's got to be a way out. I think was the refrain that kept happening on the chorus. Uh-huh. I can't remember what the tuning was. I can't remember what the chord progression was. Uh it, it just happened. It was just like these 
three and a half minutes that I was just a part of. Like I don't even feel like I did anything. It just happened for those. For that one day, just happened. Wow, and and yet that is the most memorable performance. That was yeah. I think in terms of uh, uniqueness, because it will yeah. never happen again. Like a lot of yeah. the other ones, I can recreate. I can. Um, think of okay it was probably this song and these people that i was playing with and if we mm. made some plans we could get back on stage and do something like that again and i'd mm. still enjoy it just as much uh, but this one was so uh, in the moment and so uh, organic that I, it just lives like that for me in my head wow wow okay well, that is That is cinematic, man. You were so dead on when you <laughs> described that as cinematic. I guess it will just be that song that nobody will ever listen to. That song is just gone. Like that song was just for that moment, and it was just there. It was great. That's crazy, man. I love the story, Akil. I just love yeah. it. I mean, there's something so sad about it, and uh, <laughs> it is. It's cool, man. So, wait. Um, Before I uh, end the show, sure. I have this uh, question that I ask everyone mm -hmm. um, on my show, uh, whoever comes on as a guest. So I have this thing called this human to-do list that I'm okay. doing it on my Instagram story. So it's basically something that an individual, male or female, has to do daily, weekly, or monthly, an activity basically. Mm -hmm. So if I would ask you, what would you add to the human to-do list? share something every month you know like mm. teach somebody mm. something that mm. you already know let's let's give uh, them the benefit of doubt that they're already acting uh, upon uh, adding to their skill sets mm -hmm. if, if you're already doing that then make it a point that every month you share with somebody like it could be just one person or it could be uh, just educate somebody on something you don't have to be an expert on it mm. but mm. bring value to your surroundings mm. in some manner every month that's amazing i love that you can just plug in your thing so what uh, where can people find you what do you do uh what what can people expect from your services the first one i guess is the soundswithin.com okay. that's that's where i work with um other artists and creators Mm -hmm. where I help them um, take whatever they're doing to at least the next level. Mm -hmm. uh, I also try to maintain a pretty regular update on all the all the projects that have been done, mm -hmm. except obviously the ones that are meant to be uh, just like corporate stuff that I can't share publicly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But all, all the indie stuff is there. Mm -hmm. uh, my own music you can find at nohero.xyz. Nice. Uh, it's the same for the website. It's the same on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, there, I'm a little bit more uh, uh, vulnerable with mm -hmm. my personality. I think it's more about my uh, spiritual journey, my philosophical mm -hmm. side. I've, mm -hmm. I've I've recently be become rather politically active in think, at least in my thinking, because mm -hmm. of the current state of the country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I I come from a, a school of thought that the individual is what 
you have control over and mm. you you develop yourself and that's how the whole everything else uh, develops around you absolutely so, but that being said we are we are moving into uh, an age of hyper connectedness and it's so important to talk about your views when you can be kind and courteous and mm. uh, as educated as possible obviously mm. you can't be an expert all the time but uh, having having uh, an educated stance really contributes to the narrative of the world mm. um, it doesn't matter uh, about one country or another as long as you have something to say about the progress of civilization you need to realize you're a part of it and do something to to keep it going forward you know absolutely, absolutely. and i have a i have a personal account uh, where uh-huh. i call myself achilles.11 11 uh-huh. is my favorite number and nice. uh, i i just like the play of achilles on my own name so <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I, i share a lot of my works in progress or my Okay. Random artwork, random videos, random guitar stuff that uh-huh. doesn't really fit into any specific project. It's just it's just there. Like once in a while, mm-hmm. I have the patience to make it. Uh, uh, you know, do all the hashtags and all right. of that. And sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I just did this. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's once, that's crazy, dude. That's that's good. That's good, actually. So. How does 2020 look like? Oh, 2020 is going to be damn interesting because I have got into my next bit of educational journey. I'm going to be uh, moving to Berlin the later mm. half of the year. Wow. Okay. So, uh, for school, I not so much to really learn skills but to really move to a different market space and be around uh, different kinds of people. Mhm. and um, yeah i'm really really excited for that and most of my uh, work right and i was also on a hiatus last year as no hero i completely stopped the page and um, decided not to think about it for a bit so i can uh, cleanse and i was really mm, busy mm. with my responsibilities at home so mm. now that things have changed i'm back and i recently played my first show of the year nice and uh, i'm really looking forward to uh, my target is to play a show every month and that's great and also put out a new song every month i don't think i'm going to be able to do january because of the pressure that i've put on myself <laughs> but yeah. but but there's music like it's all sitting here i can just open it up uh, mm-hmm. right here but I'm not quite ready to just share it with the world yeah, but yeah. I think February there's going to be uh, a music video that I'm going to drop mm-hmm. and a new song that's, that's amazing man I mean I can't can't wait for that I mean uh, is your music available on all the other OTT platforms like yeah, Spotify yeah, yeah, Apple yeah, and yeah, we yeah. just have to search for No Hero yes Awesome. So that's that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to link all the all the details in the show notes, and uh, I'm sure people are going to enjoy your music. But because I just love this conversation, I don't even know how one hour ten minutes just flew by. Cause, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just loved it, man. I mean, I I think um, you are very deeply into this whatever that you're doing, and that's why you had an amazing story to tell. And I uh, wish you all the best. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for a great conversation. It takes yeah. two to have one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for being here on this show. Uh, all the best to you in Berlin. Uh, probably I'll be in Hyderabad pretty soon. So I want to catch up with you. I want to make Absolutely. a video this time. I want to make a video this time. Like listen to your stuff. Yeah. Uh, make the people listen to your stuff. Um, so that's about it. Um, all the best and thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. That was a very insightful and a deep conversation, wasn't it? Akil is a very talented guy, but what amazes me is his deep knowledge about what he's doing. And I'm sure we could have just gone ahead and spoken for hours, but I do want to meet him and I do want to make a video with him and share his music with you. But you don't have to wait for that long. If you want to get in touch with him or if you want to check out his music and his social media, all the links are in the show notes. Go check it out. Go follow him. Go listen to his music. And if you think this episode made an impact on you, please do take a screenshot and put up on Instagram stories and tag me and tag Akhil and tell us how much you liked this episode. And to all of you who always do that, Thank you and you are amazing. And that's about it. I will see you next week. My name is Sai Sandesh Markham and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye. Ooh.